Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. The result of remaining, if I develop that relationship ongoing in my life, I'm going to be fruitful. Well, then, Pastor Mark, how do, how do I develop that? How do I develop that relationship? Here it is. The key, the key to remaining, the key to developing that is obedience. If I'm obedient, I will develop that relationship. If I'm disobedient, I won't. My relationship will become distant or dormant or strained. When we're in union with Christ and we allow God to work in our lives, He removes those things that would inhibit growth. When we're pruned, we bear even more fruit. It may seem at times that God is removing things from our lives that are beautiful and good, but He has something more beautiful and better in store for us. Pastor Mark will tell us that there are things even in the ministry at Calvary Chapel, Melbourne, that God is in the process of taking away but he is replacing it with better ways to minister. It's all a part of continuing in a vibrant, personal relationship with God. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of 1 John chapter 3, verse 24, with our continuing study entitled, Spiritually Healthy Indicators. Sometimes in life, we begin to take things for granted. I never forget the first time I went to India. I spoke in this little hut and a dirt floor. Air was filled with dirt. Their lights were on temporarily, and I'm speaking through an interpreter, obviously. And at the end of the service, I said to the pastor where I was speaking, where's the restroom? He says, out back. So I went out back. And he meant out back. There was no restroom. It was the end of the building. On the other end was ladies. This was exciting. I took for granted a restroom. Can I hear an amen? How did I get to that little place? I didn't have a car. I had to walk. I took for granted a car. How many of you have ever broken a bone? Let me see your hands. Okay, And you put it in the cast. And what do you discover? Wow, that was pretty useful before. We had somebody on a trip that broke their, their arm. I thought of her as I was, she broke it way before the trip. I thought of her on the trip. If she loved Chinese food with chopsticks, she's in trouble. You take for granted. Here's another one. Any of you here at any of our campuses, Sebastian, Vieira, the work camp here in Melbourne, any of you ever get something in your eye and you have to put a patch over for three or four days? You, you realize how important both eyes are, don't you? And one more thing. We are getting younger. How many of you kind of twisted your back one time or kind of hurt it and you used to get out of bed like, yeah, the alarm's ringing, let's go get some coffee. How do you get out of bed when you hurt your back? 
Exactly. Well, we're going to talk about this morning two areas that we take for granted spiritually in our lives. We give the last two healthy spiritual indicators that God gives us in 1 John chapter 3. So let's begin. You turn there in your Bibles. And that is going to be, as you come there, a, an amazing opening for us. 1 John 3 verse 24. Those who obey his commands, and he begins to talk about a relationship, they live in him, they live in God, and God actually lives in them. Now, this is unusual because let me show you our trip from Israel. The first thing you see here is a Western Wailing Wall. And it is the most significant site in all the world for Jewish people. Why? Because it's a remnant of their temple that was destroyed more than 2,000 years ago in 70 AD. It's that wall where they feel close to God because it was a wall of the temple other 2,000 years ago. Here's another picture. When you hear about the Western Wall, you're familiar with it. The Western Wall is known for all that little white that you see in between those huge stones. What is that white? Anybody know what that white is? It's prayer notes. It's prayer notes stuffed between the rocks. See, people from all over the world gather here to, to put their prayer requests there. In fact, people on our trip, when the people in their office knew they were coming, they wrote out their prayer requests and this and that and the other. And, and, and they had to go and stuff them in. You know, that, that wall is separated men and ladies. So they were stuffing them there. Now, why would they do that? Because they believe they're close to God close to that temple. Number three, when you walk on the Temple Mount, it's a very interesting thing. The Temple Mount is Mount Moriah. It's where the temple, the Jewish temples were built. It was where Abraham almost sacrificed Isaac. It's a holy place. And of course, today there's two Muslim mosques. The Muslims rule that Temple Mount, but the Israelis still politically, as far as safety, their security is there. Now, when you go up there, here's a picture of a place we stop at. We don't go into the mosque. We're not interested in that. But this is called the Dome of the Spirits. And what makes the Western Wall so specific is its proximity to the location of this thing in the Old Testament called the Holies of Holy. You see, there's underneath this stone, underneath this little little place that's holy, kind of a dome, that is bedrock, right in between those columns. That's actually part of the mount. And many people believe that was where the holies of holies was. Now, interesting, when you go on the Temple Mount, since the Muslims own it or rule it, you, you have to be, wear longer sleeves like this. Women have to dress differently. You can't hold hands with your, your spouse. You cannot take a Bible up there. And so, you can take a tablet. <laughs> and so I always go, and I have my iPad, and I just go right there, and I have all the people gather around me to hide me. That's not too hard. <laughs> and I teach about being close to God. 
the holies of holy. Now, in the Jewish temple, you remember in the old days, in the Old Testament, we have a picture of that temple. You see, in the old days, God's dwelling place was in a building. It was in the temple. That's where people would go to be God. Now, the problem was, in the Old Testament, even though that was a special dwelling place of God, only one person, one time a year, could actually approach God in the holies of holy. And that was a high priest on the Day of Atonement. Now, because of that, the Jewish people, well, they begin to understand that this western wall, this prayers that go into the wall, and this temple mount where that little dome of the Spirit is, the whole key to all three of those places, you'll see later one more, is this. They want to get close to God. They want to get as close as they can to God. Now, things changed when Jesus came. Of course, the Jewish people don't believe Jesus came. Some believe he came, but he was just a man. Others don't even believe. While we were there, we were walking, and there was a a Jewish uh, kind of a college group. And someone overheard him say this. There's absolutely no evidence that Jesus ever lived. I about rang, come on, but I just kept on going. (laughs) Of course there's evidence. But they don't believe that, and we understand that. When Jesus went to the cross, he did something unique. He died for us. And as he died, three days later, you know, he's resurrected. There was this barrier in the holies of holy. It was this huge curtain. Man could not go. You cannot approach God. Only the high priest could go through it one time a year. Well, when Jesus died in the temple, from the top to the bottom, it was torn in half. And what did that signify? Man could now what? Approach God. Listen, watch me. Man could get close to God. First time, really, in all of history, except for a few individuals in the Old Testament that had relations with God. You see, when you begin to see that, God was now accessible to all people. And if there's anything that we take for granted... It's this next fact. And I want you to write it down on all the campuses. Please write this down this morning. Notice. Don't take this fact for granted. God actually lives in every Christian. See, if you're a Christian, God is closer to you than anything you can imagine. Because he actually lives in you. Now, when you begin thinking about that, let me read to you again, 1 John three twenty four. Those who obey God's commandments remain in fellowship with him and he with them. You see, God would no longer live in a building. God, no, this, you want to come and meet God? It's fine. We're, we're two or three are gathered together. God's with us here. His presence is here. But when you leave as a Christian, this building this morning, wherever, whatever campus you're when you leave it, God goes with you. It isn't about a special building anymore at all. And so when God came into us, he established a relationship. It's not religion. It's not rules. It's not regulations. It's a personal, vibrant relationship. So here's healthy 
indicator number eight. Would you write it down at all of our campuses, those of you watching online? Here we are. A Christ follower, if I'm going to be healthy spiritually, I have to remain, I have to continue in a vibrant personal relationship with God. I have to be continue to develop that intimacy, that relationship with God. Now, I want us to turn to John 15. We'll, just keep your finger right there in First John. We'll be back. John 15. You'll see where it is in a moment. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, New Testament. John 15. And watch how Jesus uses a, a plant illustration to uh, inform us what this relationship kind of looks like. Here it is. Jesus speaks it like this. I am the true vine. So he's going to talk about a, a grapevine. And my father is the gardener. Now he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, just like a person in a vineyard would do, he he prunes it to make it even more fruitful. Then he says this, you are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Now here comes the key. He's already developed a relationship. He's the vine. We're just a branch. Then he says this, remain in me. Continue developing that relationship with me. And by the way, as you do that, I'll remain in you. Now, no branch can bear fruit by itself. That's common sense to us. Apart from God, a a branch by by itself instead of a vine, there's nothing going to happen. It's dead. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain, stay on, continue to develop that relationship in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. You see, when we trusted Christ to save us, the Holy Spirit came inside of us. He united us in this thing called a relationship, a vibrant, personal relationship with God. If there's any confusion that I've watched over the last 22 years that we've had this church, it is this confusion that when people come, they say this, I've been in church all my life. I never knew I could have a personal relationship with God. Are you kidding me? Me? They they don't understand. They thought it's ritual. And so on the weekends, it's rules, it's reading the Bible. There was never anything personal. And then when they discover they can, it's like, wow. Well, that was the way it always was. That's why the veil came down. So now man could approach God. It's a relationship. Now, This living relationship, just like this vine and branch, it reminds us of one thing. Jesus says this, you have to remain in me by being dependent on me. If you want to do things that are going to impact your world, it isn't just going to be from you. It's going to be relying on me. And look at verse 5. Look what he says. I am the vine, you are the branches. Now, why does he remind us of that? Because he's reminding us who we are. I'm not God. You're not God. But God lives in me. I'm the vine, you're the branch. Okay, I'm the branch without me. And then he says, if if you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. So I want you to write this down. Here's, Here's the result of having a relationship with God. A personal relationship with God that needs to, just like your spouse or friends or whatever, needs to continually be developed. Here it is. The result of remaining is fruitfulness. In other words, from this vibrant relationship will come spiritual fruit. Just as you develop a relationship with your spouse or friends, 
Hey, you get on Facebook, you meet new people. As you develop that relationship, all of a sudden, good things come from it. Now, what is this fruit? I don't have time this morning, but just kind of let me give you an idea. When I'm in relationship with God, it's going to show. So there's going to be godly character. That's Galatians chapter 5. There's going to be God. I'm going to look like God, not be God, but I'm going to begin to have his characteristics. Peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness. Those kind of things are going to happen. Then there's going to be a witness. If God lives in me, then I'm going to care for the lost people. There's going to be fruit. Then there's going to be lots of good works. When we do all of our outreaches that we do in lots of different areas. You know, many things are happening in our churches that you guys don't know. Our barbecue team does all kinds of different things in different places. They're at the Palm Bay place now and they provide barbecue place. We're very active in Sebastian with their football team and we're able to pray with them and minister to them. All those good things happen because of God. And God gets the credit. It's not about Calvary Chapel. It's about God. And then there's the the fruit of giving. We talked to you a few weeks ago. As you tithe generously, God just gives back to you. And last, just what you guys finish doing at every campus, the fruit, the Bible says, of my lips. I praise him. I have a song in my heart. There's good things happening. Now, here's the danger. I want everybody to look at me. In this relationship, it cannot be a distant relationship, arm's length. It cannot be a dormant. It's basically dead. And it cannot be a strained relationship. If that's true, then nothing good is going to come out of my life. It can't be distant. It can't be dormant. And it cannot be strained. Now, those of you that are married... You, you understand what a strained relationship looks like. Am I talking to anybody that's married here? I mean, something happens, something happens in the relationship, and you come home, and, and you say to your spouse, what's wrong? And what's their comment? Nothing. And, and you go like, okay, I've been married two days, I know something's wrong. So, for those of you this morning that have a either distant or dormant, that's easily fixed, we're going to tell you. If there's a strained relationship, that means something's wrong in one of the people. And by the way, it's never God. So there's a sin. Sometimes I hear people say this, God left me. We already sang that this morning, God never leaves us. So if you feel not close to God, who moved? I did. So we're going to talk about how we develop that relationship, because I think it's very important. Now, when you're in Israel, there's there's a lot of great sayings. One of the sayings in Israel is this. You can talk to God anywhere in the world, but in Jerusalem, it's a local call. (laughs) I like it. I like it. Well, look down at verse 9 at all of our campuses. John 15, 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain. I have a part to do with it. I have to make sure that on my end, my development of this relationship, it's, it's my responsibility. Now remain in my love. And look at verse 10. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I've obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. Again, Jesus is our role model. So the result of remaining, if I develop that relationship ongoing in my life, I'm going to be fruitful. Well, then, Pastor Mark, how do, how do I develop that? How do I develop that relationship? Here it is. 
the key, the key to remaining, the key to developing that is obedience. If I'm obedient, I will develop that relationship. If I'm disobedient, I won't. My relationship become distant or dormant or strained. Now, go back to 1 John, where you were, where you have your finger, all of our campuses, Vieira, Sebastian, the work camp, those watching online here in Melbourne. Look at verse 24. This is exactly, this is exactly what John writes again. Again, this relationship has to do with obedience. Notice what he says. Those who obey his commands live in him and he in them. So my relationship with God, the healthiness of my spiritual relationship has to do with obedience. Now, the key is going to be this. The obedience has to do with being able to hear God speak through his word and speak to us individually. So I have to learn to listen to God so I can obey God. Now, First John is always about knowing, 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 knowing that you're a real believer. Nothing more important in life. Look at the rest of verse 24. In this, John said, this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the Spirit, capital S, he gave us. So for the very first time in the book of First John, we're introduced to the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, let's just go through that again. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. This Trinity, God. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is not a force. May the force be with you. <laughs> no, he's not a movie. He's a person. He's a person. He's God. He's all-knowing. He's powerful. You'll see that. So this relationship, I know that I'm a Christian because the Spirit bears witness with my spirit that he's alive in me. That's why you can say to Satan when he says, well, you're not a really a believer. Oh, yes, I am. Because I asked Christ to forgive me. Now, some of you are not. But you can be today. You don't have that relationship. You absolutely can today. And you want to. Because you're going to begin hearing God speak to you right now through the service at all of our campuses. I'm speaking, but you're really hearing God speak to you. Some of you are distant. God's going to speak to you. Some of it's kind of become dormant. And some of you, there's a strain, there's a sin, there's a backsliding. You moved away from God. God's going to speak to you. So the Spirit is in me. It's the Holy Spirit that lives in me. Now, that gives us healthy indicator number nine, the last one. Take a look at it and write it down. If I'm a Christ follower, I need to enjoy living under the influence of this Holy Spirit. Now, what does that mean? Under the influence is simply this, to have an effect upon, to shape, or to regulate. Did you know that God actually lives in every Christian? Pastor Mark reminded us that this is a fact that Christians often take for granted. No matter where we go, God goes with us. Christianity is not about building rules or regulations. It's about a vibrant, personal relationship with God. John 15 tells us that the result of remaining in God is fruitfulness. Others will see this fruit and see God's love through our fruit. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Now here's Josh with today's message number and title. Thanks. The message number from today's broadcast is 6121. The title of this message is Spiritually Healthy Indicators, Part 4. Again, today's message number for ordering purposes is 6121. The title of this message is Spiritually Healthy Indicators, Part 4. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time here on Lessons for Living as we continue the spiritually healthy indicators. We will explore the last indicator, and that is enjoying living under the influence of the Holy Spirit. People often ask Pastor Mark, how do I get the Holy Spirit in me? Pastor Mark will answer this question. He will also teach us the roles the Holy Spirit plays in our lives. We've run out of time for today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue sharing with us from the book of 1 John. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear your lessons for this 